Welcome to Property Bytes by Knight Frank Singapore. I'm Hector Tan, Head of Marketing and Communications at Knight Frank, and in this podcast, we'll talk about the issues that have been on everyone's mind. The Phase 2 reopening of the country after the circuit breaker. Now, overshadowing all the excitement of people eager to return to their normal lives, we'll talk about the concerns that some people may have regarding shopping and dining, and challenges that retailers may face. Joining me today is our Head of Retail at Night Spring Singapore, Ethan Su. Hello, Ethan. Hi, Hector. Thank you for having me. Well, I mean, uh, what has been going on is unprecedented. Uh, we went from a normal day to some extent of a lockdown for the last two months. And now everyone's just excited to go back to their daily activities. Yes. Now, with the opening uh, of Phase 2, could you tell us about the types of retail businesses or shops that are allowed to open? Yeah, sure. Well, most retail establishments, including food and beverage outlets, have been given the green light to resume business activities and reopen their physical outlets with effect from 19th of June, 2020. Well, they have to comply with certain safety measures, including occupancy limits, frequent cleaning, disinfecting of common areas, as well as implementation of the government's visitor check-in system safe entry. So for food and beverage um, outlets, dining will be allowed, although these might must not be more than five diners per table. Uh, also, healthcare services can reopen. Uh, similarly, with tuition centers, enrichment classes will also be able to resume, with the exception of singing or vocal training classes. Sports facilities will also open, so you have your gyms, your yoga studios, Pilates studios, fitness centers, bowling centers can all reopen as well. Uh, personal health and wellness, home-based services will also be allowed to resume. This will include your massages and your spas, your facial, uh, you know, your facial uh, salon and things like that will also be allowed to open. Pet care training will also be allowed to open. So really, in general, a lot of the trades will be allowed to open, although there will also be a small number of activities where large numbers of people are likely to congregate often in enclosed spaces and for prolonged periods of time, these will not be allowed yet. So these will be things like the large conferences, exhibition concerts, trade fairs, as well as entertainment venues such as bars, nightclubs, karaoke outlets, cinemas, theatres and indoor and outdoor attractions. Um, things like paintball, game centres and billiard halls will also remain closed during the phase two period. I see. So it seems like although we are reopening, but some businesses are still opening in stages, correct? That, now, uh, that's right. From a business standpoint, uh, what are some of the key areas that retailers should look out for as they manage visitors to their outlets? Well, okay, so one of the key concerns is about managing crowds as well as queue queues um, that can form when people start to rush out to the malls, you know, come 19th of June, everybody has been so pent up at home, so they're just so excited to get to the malls. So retailers as well as mall operators are are being told to make sure that you have in place certain measures to be able to control your crowds and your queues. So retail establishments are to clearly demarcate their queue lines for customers at entrances, cashier counters, weighing counters, fitting rooms, and other areas where required. And stores must ensure at least one meter safety distance between customers. All employees, customers, delivery uh, personnel, and other on-site personnel must wear their masks at all times. And product testing and sampling that require customer contact, 
such as uh, cosmetics or food samples, they must be removed. For F&B, the dining will be allowed, although there must not be more than five diners per table, and each ta diner and table must be spaced at least one meter apart. Liquor sales and consumption must cease at 10.30 p.m. And live music, television or video screenings will not be allowed in all F&B outlets. In terms of communication, retail establishments must also put up clear signs to remind their customers of all the safety measures where they are applicable and to train and deploy service personnel to provide clear communication to customers on safe distancing measures. In terms of cleanliness and hygiene, retail establishments must ensure frequent cleaning, disinfection of common spaces such as counters and display shelves where customers are being served. Items such as shopping trolleys, baskets, handrails and interactive hardware such as iPads, self-checkout kiosk and lift buttons should also be cleaned regularly. Then there are safe, safe management measures at the workplace that retailers have to bear in mind for their own workers, right? So whoever or any of their workers who may be un, unwell uh, or showing symptoms, they must be able to take care of them and to follow the procedures on how to handle such situations. Um, there are other further requirements that are very trade specific. So for like different various trades, um, there's actually a joint advisory that's being released by Enterprise Singapore, HDB, STB and URA to guide these establishments on how to follow the safety uh, management uh, measures when they start to open um, come phase two. I see. I suppose when you say retailers, most of these latest developments apply to shopping malls as well, correct? Yes, that's right. Definitely. Okay. Many retailers had to close permanently due to the crisis. Um, any advice for retail operators who may still be struggling with the reduced traffic at shopping malls? I mean, even with the phase two reopening. Right. So, you, you know, we all see that there has been a lot of spotlight on the need to go digital, to, to, for technology to come, uh, to be incorporated into the business platforms in order for retailers to stay connected with their customers during um, you know, the global lockdown situations due to pandemic crisis. So this phenomenon of going online to shop will not stop even when countries open up their economies and physical business activities resume. Therefore, retailers need to continue to ramp up their efforts to digitalize their sales and marketing platforms to reach out to more customers who have now been exposed to online shopping. And they don't see any reason to stop, right? Even with phase two opening, especially right. with a lot of stringent safety measures that are going to be put in place in the mall, the safety distancing and things like that, they might still be deterred from spending too much time at the malls. Therefore, for the retailers, it's really no choice. They really have to look at how to um, jump onto this uh, the, the digital bandwagon, right? Um, and to really relook at their processes to see how to complement their, their offline brick and mortar stores with an online channel, for example. And also when we consider the fact for certain consumer goods that are identical in nature and are easily replaceable. So these are your laptop tables, my standing fan or a bottle of mineral water. The online marketplace can, can be seen as a more effective platform for customers to get access to a wider range of suppliers at cheaper prices and even with like quicker delivery times at, you know, for, for certain brands, right? So this will become a basic requirement if retailers want to survive this crisis. Then if they want to do better than to survive, they need to reevaluate their value proposition and understand what their customers really want from them. Because digitalization on its own, it's not a silver bullet to all their problems. 
there are so many other business processes that come with the decision to leverage e-commerce platforms. Right, your supply chain management, the logistics and fulfillment strategies, marketing channels like, you know, do you want to use live stream, social media, etc.? Do you have a technical support team in place to manage in case anything um, um, doesn't go well during the, the online process, public relations, etc., etc.? So this list goes on, on, goes on and on, right? But ultimately, it is about putting the customer at the center of the whole business value chain. What motivates or triggers a customer to go into a physical store or online store to buy something is the key to unlocking potential sales and revenue growth. Retailers are increasingly cognizant of the need to pay more attention and investment of resources to study their customers' behavior, motivations, needs, and wants. And very often that leads to the holistic customer experience that transcends both online and offline platforms to incorporate lifestyle, experiential, and aspirational components to provide a sustainable and immersive customer experience, which will in turn reinforce a consistent brand image and broaden the appeal of the brand. Well, I mean, talking about digitalization, you brought up a very good point there, because uh, retail statistics in April revealed that online sales increased from 10% to 17.8% during the circuit right. breaker. What do you That's think right. this means for retailers and traditional brick and mortar stores in general? Right. So you see, the circuit broker has created this sort of like catalyst for e-commerce because people had no other way of buying what they needed or, or want, you know, at the brick and mortar shops because most of them were closed. Um, even for essential consumer goods like groceries, you know, even although the supermarkets remained open during the circuit breaker, there were many times when stocks and supplies ran out, especially during bouts of panic buying, if you remember, right? And people had to turn to buying groceries online. So technology became a much more prominent enabler of consumerism and lifestyle needs during the months of April and May when stay-at-home measures were imposed. As a result, traditional brick-and-mortar retailers need to quickly adopt technology and digitalize their sales and marketing platforms to ensure they have some form of online presence with preferably optimized search and buy functions, right? Otherwise, they risk becoming increasingly irrelevant to their customers who are now used to e-commerce platforms and have enjoyed the benefits of online shopping. Having said that, there are some things that online shops cannot do. That includes engaging customers through sensory experiences which cannot be replicated online. So we are talking about how the brand or product looks, sounds, smells, feels, or tastes. We also need to consider the fact that people do not go to the malls just to do shopping. There is also a social and lifestyle component that cannot be easily replaced by technology. We still want to meet up with our friends for a nice meal, have coffee with a client, enjoy a facial or massage at the spa, or work out in the gym or yoga studio. So we all need different experiences to meet our lifestyle needs. And one very evident observation that we have seen from this pandemic is that people need and crave human connection. So I do think that retailers, whether online or offline, will have to seriously assess, reassess their overall customer experience strategy due to the changes in buying patterns and behaviors. And a holistic customer engagement strategy will likely see offline and online platforms complementing each other instead of having just a pure digital or a pure brick and mortar platform. Retailers will now have the opportunity to transform physical retail spaces into venues 
where people can come together to create extraordinary experiences for themselves and participate in a collective shared experiences uh, in, a, in a collective shared experience with their friends or their family. So to me, there will always be a defining role and purpose for the brick and mortar store to stay relevant in the retail landscape. I think what you pointed out about the physical experience is very, very important. In fact, just last week, we conducted a Singapore, uh, simple poll in Singapore, asking people whether they prefer online shopping or the traditional physical shopping experience, even after phase two. Almost 50% said that they still prefer physical shopping. And only yes. the other remaining 50% said that they will continue shopping online. I suppose what yes. you just highlighted just is a reaffirmation of that particular consumer behavior that we know yes, will continue absolutely. going forward. Uh, yeah. Last but not least, right? What are, the, what are some of the difficulties experienced uh, doing circuit breaker and possible future challenges moving forward for landlords and tenants? Okay, so as we have noted earlier, you know, we already seen some casualties in the retail scene, right? That stemmed from the challenges caused by the pandemic crisis, right? So we had a health crisis that then became like an economic crisis. And now we have a retail crisis because people are finding it hard to survive. So landlords will have to play their part to help their tenants in this struggle to, to survive this difficult time as the economy embarks on this long road towards recovery. And the government has also made it mandatory for landlords to pass on the stimulus grants to their tenants. For the overall economy to expedite recovery, I foresee the relationship between landlord and tenant to evolve towards one that is more in line with a partnership with a common goal of attracting more shoppers to the mall and converting the footfall traffic to sales revenue. Therefore, rental structures will have to change as well, with a higher turnover rent component to lower fixed costs for tenants, while retaining the incentive for both landlord and tenant if both parties act together to formulate a winning strategy to bring in customers. So landlords will have to pay more attention to spruce up the mall amenities, right? Your toilets must be clean. Your 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 car park must be, you know, systematic. Crowd control must be okay. You know, must be must be done properly. So they will have to focus on these sort of cleanliness hygiene issues, and also maybe we invest more resources into advertising and promotion campaigns, while the tenant then can then focus on putting in like the omni-channel strategy for the brand to exist across multiple platforms, both online and offline. And also all the things that we spoke earlier about engaging the customer sensory experience, the lifestyle and aspirational needs. So in short, if the tenant is successful, then the landlord will also do well. And this will be the reality of what the future relationship between landlord and tenant will be like. But it will also inevitably weed out um, mediocre retail concepts because landlords will then be able to pick and choose which partners they want to work with, right, to improve their rent collection and create a successful trade mix that drives shoppers to the mall. So all in all, the quality of our retail concepts in the malls should generally move up the curve after the crisis, which will in turn transform our retail landscape in Singapore. Well said. Well, Ethan, on behalf of Property Bites, Thank you for today's discussion about the retail situation and how it applies to the phase two reopening of our nation. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. For more information, follow Night Frank Singapore on LinkedIn or Facebook at SG or visit nightfrank.com.sg. And until next time, I'm Hector Tan. Stay safe and enjoy your shopping in the beginning of phase two.